to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Kim Bohorquez. In a historic milestone, the Senate on Thursday moved to confirm Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson to be the next U.S. Supreme Court Justice, making her the first Black woman to serve on the nation's highest court. Utah senators split their vote on Jackson, with Senator Mitt Romney joining two other Republicans to confirm the historic nominee. Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine also voted for President Joe Biden's nominee. Senator Mike Lee voted against her confirmation, citing grave concerns over her nomination. Ahead of the vote, Romney said Jackson was, and I quote, a well-qualified jurist and a person of honor, end quote. Next, I spoke to sports enterprise reporter Julie Jagg about two recent stories she's worked on for the Tribune. The first, about the reason for five-time Olympian Sean White's visit to Utah, and second, the lack of people of color on Utah slopes. Here's part of that conversation. Hi, Julie. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You wrote a story about Sean White, a five-time Olympian visiting Park City late last month. What was he doing in Utah? So he had been invited by the Challenged Athletes Foundation to come out and meet a fellow snowboarder named Zach Sherman. And Zach happens to be a uh, triple amputee. And so Sean came out and for the Challenge Athlete Foundation, which is an organization that um, helps athletes that have physical challenges or physical disabilities and helps them stay active, whether it be in sports or, um, you know, things like snowboarding. Uh, So they had him present Zach with a grant, which will cover most of Zach's fees for training, uh, for coaching and uh, travel. He's going to start trying to compete as a uh, in adaptive snowboarding. And then um, Sean just took a few runs with him. So which is pretty cool. And what was Zach's impression of of Sean? And, And did he know he was going to see him that day? So Zach didn't know that he was going to see Sean. He had an idea that something was up because he said normally, you know, they don't go go out all out quite so much. Uh, he's gotten other grants for about five years from um, CAF. And so and normally there aren't that many cameras there when he gets them, I guess. So he knew that something was happening. But when Sean White, um, you know, I think most people who ski or snowboard rec- would recognize Sean White as a five-time Olympian. Um, and kind of a legendary, the legendary face of snowboarding probably. When he walked up and just lifted up his goggles, I don't think Sean even had to introduce himself. He did, but I don't think he had to because <laughs> Zach already knew that that who he was and was just kind of awestruck. But he said that the coolest thing about it was that Sean just jumped right in. Um, so Zach uh, has no, he was his amputated both his legs. Um, at the knee and then uh, his right arm as well uh, at the shoulder, right below the shoulder. And so he rides with a pole, kind of like a, a ski pole, I guess, but his feet, he stands on these, um, he calls them stubbies, these pegs, I guess, that uh, go into, snap into his board and he can't unsnap that easily. So um, he needs somebody to pull him in flat surfaces. And so Sean just jumped right in and grabbed the pole and took him onto the, onto the ski lift and 
Zach was like, it was just like, he'd been practicing. He said, it, you know, his experienced coaches can do this, but usually not too many other people can. And Sean just jumped right in right away. Didn't have any problems doing it. So he was, after that, he said he could just relax and ride. And in your story, Zach calls snowboarding the great equalizer. What do you think he means by that? So for him, so he lost his limbs um, in a motorcycle accident um, when he was in his 20s. So, you know, he knew life, obviously, before um, before he had this disability. And he, he I think he, there are a lot of things he said that he can't do so. I mean, he he can't walk very well or very quickly. Um, even his wheelchair, he only has the one arm, you know, to roll it with. So everything else he does, I think he feels like he's just kind of slow. And he's a guy that had always wanted and always enjoyed things that are fast, right? So, but when he gets onto, um, onto the mountain and there's the slope ahead of him and he can go downhill, he said he can keep up with, you know, with some of the fastest. So he can just cruise on down and he's not the last one anymore. And it's this real sense of freedom. So I think that's what he means by the, by equalizing. He said he, he felt it really made him, you know, feel not restricted. Speaking of representation on the slopes, I'd like to switch over to another story you wrote last month about a new Ski Utah initiative called Discover Winter. As someone who grew up in Utah, I've always been intimidated by skiing because a few times I've gone to the slopes, people don't look like me. What did you find in your story about the racial diversity of skiers? Oh, I, I loved reporting on the story. I have to tell you, um, I was surprised from the beginning to the end, to be honest. I showed up at a uh, track station ready to get on a bus to go up to Brighton to tag along with these skiers. And I I came with some preconceived notions that I probably shouldn't have, and they immediately dispelled them. I mean, these are, you know, I guess I was thinking that they were people that probably couldn't afford to go skiing. And so that's why they um, weren't going up. And cost is definitely a factor, but it's a factor like it is probably for you and for me, where, you know, if, I guess if you prioritize it enough, then, you're, you're willing to pay for it, but otherwise, you know, if you don't know what, what's out there or what, if it's any fun or not, then you're not going to spend a lot of money on it. And can you talk to me about what the mission is behind Discover Winter? Sure. So, I mean, the, the point of Discover Utah or Discover Winter was to get more people of color up onto the slopes because, in Utah, but not just in Utah, across the United States and really across the entire industry, you skiing and snowboarding is very white. Um, and it's like in 85%, right? 85% of um, people identify mainly as white. And that's from the National Ski Areas Association and um, also Ski Utah. And that's, you know, it's not only a problem as far as optics, but it's also an untapped market for these resorts. I feel, think they, you know, are coming around to the fact that these are people that have incomes, you know, that they would like them to send them up at the ski resorts. And so they need to, to find these people. And so the idea, I guess, was to get more people of color up there and kind of re remove every barrier they could think of to to bring people up. And so that included transportation that included, you know, the lift tickets and the lessons, but it, and rentals, but it also included 
giving them jackets and gloves and hats and ski pants and you know these things that you know they probably had some gloves they probably had some hats and jackets but maybe they weren't ones that were gonna really work for snowboarding or skiing. Thanks Julie. Aside from increasing ridership the Utah Transit Authority's month-long initiative to provide free transportation during the month of February improved Utah's air quality. That's according to a report released this week about the ridership and environmental outcomes of free fare February. The effort led to a decrease of 68 tons of air pollutants that month, thanks to public transit riders ditching their cars, the report outlined. And Utah Eats reporter Stephanie Russell has a story out this morning about a pickup-only barbecue joint in Salt Lake City. But this pit is a little different than most. The catch? It's vegan and flavorful enough to satisfy any carnivore. You can find the story on ourselltrib.com. That's it for today's segment of The Daily Buzz. You can find new episodes of the podcast on your favorite streaming platform. I'd like to thank the Tribune's Shoel Cardenas for editing the podcast and Salt Lake City band The Pelicans for producing our music. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Monday.